This week, what I want to talk about is mantra. Um, and mantra is a word that's bandied about a lot. Um, it, I, I think a couple of generations ago, it was just assumed that it was yogis sitting in lotus position um, chanting Om. But mantra actually means um, a sacred utterance, either a syllable or a word or a, or a verse, that possesses some sort of mystical or spiritual efficacy. In other words, saying the words helps. <laughs> That's really what it is. Can you say words that help? Because guess what? We're all saying words to ourselves all the time inside our heads that are not helpful at all. Amen. You idiot, why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a bad day. I can tell. <laughs> we use our words against ourselves. And so we are in training, if you will, our, our people who are, who are wanting to bring more love to bear in the world, we are in training to still those voices and to bring in the voices of love. And we cannot give voices of love to other people if we can't hear the voices of love in our own heads. So we're here to replace those negative words with words that are nurturing, with words that are caring, with words that are compassionate, with words that are that remind us of the truth of who we are as children of the one, as connected to all that there is. And so we can use mantra for that because sometimes we can't come up with the words on our own. And sometimes having some words that we know that are in our repertoire that we can just go to at any time that we want to is very, very, very helpful. And I will tell you, um, I have used that that mantra that was um, in the Leonard Cohen song, if it be your will, if it be your will, if it be your will. And does that mean, oh, please, God, if you, if you will just please let me have something good. It, what it means to me when I say, if it be your will, is help me to align myself with the truth of what is so that I don't cause myself unnecessary suffering by resisting life as it comes to me. And when I align myself with that, when I surrender to it, then I get to see all the good there is. But as long as I'm resisting, I cannot see that. So it's not a bad mantra to have, if it be your will. The mantra that I believe has saved my life more than once is one I was given in a 12-step program, which is let go and let God. Let go and let God, let go and let God, let go and let God, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go and let God. It's kind of the way I use it. Sometimes it's let go, let go, go, let God, let God, let God. Um, but when the voices in your head are so loud and persistent that you just can't give, get past them, you can't talk yourself or reason yourself out of it or think it through, well, let's see, that voice, you know, that's really not the actual truth. That probably comes from my childhood when I, blah, 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 you know, no. How about we just replace it right there? Find something good to say and replace it. And it is the technique that is most often used with mantra is repetition, 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 repetition. And you may have noticed that all the songs we sang this morning were chants because it's that phrase that repeats and repeats and repeats. Years ago when I was the music director at Unity of Fort Worth, we had a suggestion box out and someone once put in the suggestion box, I like the chants okay, 
but why do we have to repeat them over and over? <laughs> and that is the purpose of a chant. The whole purpose is to take some phrase that has spiritual efficacy, that has power, that can bring our minds to a higher place than what it naturally wants to go to, to replace it and to repeat it over and over again until the positive statement, the loving statement, the nurturing statement, the helping statement, the mental care statement becomes the habit rather than the self-attack. That is the habit that many of us, maybe all of us, develop at some point during our lives. So the technique is repetition, because repetition equals power. And if you don't believe that repetition equals power, don't trust me, trust Madison Avenue. That's what all of advertising is based upon. What's the quicker picker-upper? Do you know? Bounty, thank you. Right? How many times have you heard that? You knew right away what's the quicker, what's great? Frosted flakes. Thank you. Yeah. All that is in there, y'all. <laughs> useless stuff. And stuff some that's, not, that's not even useless, that's actually um, in some ways malignant, that impregnates our minds and make us believe things that aren't true and buy things that we don't need. <laughs> That's Madison Avenue's reason. Let us buy things we don't need, but also the repetition that we get in, from politicians, from, um, fr from our religions. We have to not let whatever is repeated to us go unquestioned. Even if it's me saying it, don't let it go unquestioned. Hold it into your heart and your mind and see, is that good? Is that right? Does it feel like it's divine or does it feel like it's manipulative in some way hold it up to your heart and see and if it feels good then repeating it will be more and more and more good not only to repeat that phrase that has spiritual efficacy but to pluck out the other phrases that are there to make you unhappy to make you believe things that are not true that's the most insidious thing I think that Madison Avenue does, is it makes you believe that how you are is not good enough, but if you just buy this product, you will be. You're not pretty enough, you're not thin enough, you're not shiny enough, you're not a good enough housekeeper, you're certainly not a good enough mother or father, you're not good enough at your job, but if you just buy this deodorant, <laughs> you will be, you will be. I want to share a story. Um, Swami Muktananda, sort of famous guru, was giving a discourse on mantra at one time. And a man in the audience stood up, this is a true story, and said, what is this nonsense about mantra? Who wants to waste time repeating the same word over and over and over again? Do you think if you chant bread, bread, it will fill your belly? And Muktananda jumped up from his seat, pointed his finger at the man and said, shut up and sit down, you stupid ass. That wasn't what you were expecting, was it? The man was furious. He got red in the face. His whole body started shaking with rage and he sputtered, you call yourself a holy man and you use a foul term like that to talk to me. And then Muktananda very calmly said, hmm, but sir, I don't understand. You, you heard yourself called an ass only once. <laughs> and you had this 
and you had this reaction, yet you think that repeating the Lord's name over and over again won't benefit us? Ooh, ooh. How many things that just once upsets us? Why can't we put something positive in and then repeat it? So the meaning of mantra, there is sometimes it's just, just the word. I, I, I know that at time, in transcendental meditation, I've heard, I haven't taken the classes, but that often the mantra given is not, it doesn't even have particularly any meaning. Or some people use mantra that's not in a language that, that is their um, uh, native language. They don't really understand it. And it's just the protection of not thinking about that, just having something to focus on. But mantra can have meaning as well. For me, that let go and let God mantra, it has meaning for me. And I use it over and over again. It's in my toolbox. It's in the top of my toolbox. So when I start feeling panicked, I reach down and it's the first thing I grab. Because guess what? If the first thing you grab is a hammer, you're going to start hammering people. But if the first thing you grab is something that helps, that elevates, that protects then that's the tool that you're going to use. So you use it often so it stays in the top of your toolbox. But meaning of mantra, the meaning can have some sort of sacred connection. Sometimes the vi just the sound of it. Um, and as you repeat that mantra, whatever it is, you form that kinetic memory, not only the saying of it or the repeating of it in your head, but how it feels in your body when you do so and what your visuals are as you do so. You, it becomes a full body experience. And in New Thought, we use something similar. It's called affirmations and denials. Affirmations are when you become aware of something that is not true, then you can deny it. That is not the truth of me. I am not what fill in the blank. I am not useless. I am not ugly. I am not completely without um, meaning in this world. And affirm the opposite. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I have gifts to share with the world. Affirmation. Very, very powerful tool. And if you pick an affirmation and you, re and you affirm it over and over and over again, it becomes, it can become your mantra. So tools, tools to use. Um, uh, Ram Das said, mantra just means mind protection. <laughs> it's a way for you to put something in your mind that is healthy, that keeps you, it's like eating an apple before you go out for Mexican food, <laughs> right? Put something in your body that is healthy so maybe you'll ingest a little less of the greasy stuff, right? So fill your mind with mantra and then there will be less room for the world to intrude. Fill your mind with mantra enough, and the great sages and saints say, just as was in the poem that I read, that the mantra be starts repeating you. You know, in that poem, he said, I'm weaving your name on the loom of my mind. I'm weaving it. I'm weaving it. I'm weaving it. I'm making sure that in every corner of my mind where something nasty and hidden might be, I'm going to weave the name of God. I'm going to weave the name of love. And then eventually, the name of love starts weaving me. I don't have, it becomes less effortful. I don't have to think about it. And that is um, japam in the Sanskrit means to repeat a mantra. A japa japam means the mantra begins to repeat you.
I love that idea. I love that idea. So you can choose a mantra that has meaning for you, that has some sort of sacred um, connection. And mantra is for stilling those voices. It is for mind protection. It's also for stillness. If you have trouble getting still, if you are so anxiety-ridden that the moment that you get quiet, you start having an, a, pan a panic attack. That was me for many, many years. It's like, okay, let's meditate. <laughs> Everything that I have left undone, that I didn't do right, that ah, it all comes and it, it, it comes into my head. And so I began to use mantra to go, just to still my mind, okay? Just to, just to force out all those other thoughts and try to get it into a place of stillness, a place of equanimity, a place of equilibrium. Iswaran, who was a great, a great teacher, um, wrote many, many books on spirituality, and I never met the man, but I consider him one of my primary teachers, Eknath Iswaran. He said, if you let your mind be ruffled by everything that's pleasant, it's bound to be ruffled by the unpleasant. In other words, not, mo not many of us in this society want equilibrium. We want to be excited and feel good, and for that to never stop. <laughs> And it doesn't work that way. This is life. Good stuff happens, good stuff goes away. Bad stuff happens, bad stuff goes away. And so if we can learn that when it's good, we appreciate the good, but we don't have to climb up there so there isn't this fall after we've climbed high. That's something our addictions do to us. We use our addictions to get to the high point, and you just, you know, at some point you're going to come down. So mantra can help you start getting into a sort of equilibrium, a sort of equanimity, a sort of, it's wonderful that this day is so beautiful, and it may rain later, and I will be okay. And I will be okay. The other thing it does besides protecting or stilling the mind is mantra can focus us. It can free us so much from outside distraction and bring in something sacred so that um, I've heard it described as it concentrates that sacred thing. So the mantra is not the sacred experience, but the mantra is like the magnifying glass that you hold up to the sun that makes all of the heat of the sun focus in one point so that it can flame. Does that make sense? So your mantra is your way of focusing in, but God, Love, higher power, whatever you choose to call it, that's actually the healing. The mantra is not the healing. The mantra is simply the way in. So we begin to focus. Let go and let God, let go and let God. If it be your will, not my will but thine be done. Those are some mantras that I, that I use. What is yours? Sometimes um, I used to teach a class when I was doing a lot of um, prison ministry and I would work with the women about identifying what those voices are. What does that voice say? The voice that hurts you the most, the voice that attacks you from the side um, and makes you do things that are not good for yourself. What is that? And we'd spend time identifying what it is and then we construct a mantra that was exactly the opposite of that. So if the voice is, you're worthless and stupid, the mantra becomes, I am worthy. I am worthy. And I have, I mean, it might be I'm worthy and smart. I'm worthy and intelligent. That can be a mantra. I am worthy. 
I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy. When I first started my prosperity journey, my mantra was, I am a rich child of a loving father, mother, God, and I inherit all good. And I was instructed to do that 100 times a day, and I would do it in the shower. I would just count 100 times. But here's the point, is that after a while, I knew I became to know inside and out, I am a rich child of a loving father, mother, God, and it doesn't matter what's in my bank account. I don't need that to prove it. I am a rich child of a loving God. I inherit all that love. It's mine. It was always intended for me, and no one and nothing can keep me from it. So then the mantra starts saying us eventually. The mantra starts saying us. As Warren recommends, and this is, um, there, there are many schools of thought. There are schools of thought that, you know, you have a mantra for each situation. In some um, Hindu lineages, there's a mantra for eating and a mantra for showering and a mantra for going to bed and a mantra for getting up and a mantra for greeting the day. There are, and a, a different mantra for everything. There's also a school of thought that says pick one mantra and just keep repeating it. Any moment that you get, any, if you're standing in line at the grocery store, repeat your mantra in your head. If, you are, um, if you're sitting in traffic and you're stopped, repeat your mantra. Anytime that you just have a couple of extra minutes at, um, at your leisure, even in a busy, busy day, you'll have a moment, instead of letting your mind wander, or what my mind does is worry, <laughs> find something to worry about, if I can remember to repeat my mantra, then I can be calm and be in equilibrium and be in kindness and be in compassion. Because when I'm kind and compassionate to myself, I cannot help but be kind and compassionate to others. If I am not kind and compassionate to myself, then I am fault finding. I'm looking for it in you and I will find it, I promise. <laughs> we find what we're looking for. That is the truth. We find what we're looking for. So we have to start focusing on what is it I am looking for. So it is suggested in some lineages that you pick a mantra that has already been used over the ages by many, 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 many people. Um, it's considered sort of spiritually loaded, very powerful. So that not that my will but thou be done, has, um, but thine be done, has been used for centuries by people. That could be a very powerful mantra. Um, there are many, there are many. But what I would suggest, if you want to start using mantra as a tool, is find a phrase or a word that can capture your attention, that's easily repeated inside your head. You don't have to say it out loud. It's usually quite inconvenient to say it out loud. You're not gonna say it very often if you only say it out loud. So repeat in your head, what can your mind grab onto that feels good to you, that brings you a sense of calm and equanimity? It might be, God loves me. It might be Gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest. It might be, um, it might be Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna. Those are used often in, in Hindu world. It doesn't really, I believe, it doesn't really matter. You get to load it with your own, um, with your own love. If you choose a mantra that's already loaded with love by other people, that's awesome. 
and that energy can carry through you. But I believe that whatever you pick can become loaded by your love, by your intention, by your focus. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not saying I'm a great, um, I'm not a great anything really, but mantra saves my life. It saves my life. There have been times when I truly thought I will not make it through this night. And the only thing that brought me through was the ability to catch on to something that had meaning for me and keep repeating it until it got out of here and into here. You can think the mantra. You can think, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. But does your heart and your body believe it? Well, the adrenaline is coursing through and you're creating all this cortisol and you're shaking and yeah, you have to do it enough that your body and your heart start to believe it. If you can find something that will do that, for me, let go and let God. It's been a huge one, a huge one. Um, but find what works for you. You don't have to use mine. Find what works for you. And then try to remind yourself to use it. In the beginning, you might have to write it down and put it on your desk or on your bathroom mirror or on the dashboard of your car so you can remember, oh, yeah, I have an opportunity. This is something I can practice. It's easy to practice. It's an easy practice to do. It's just about remembering it. And so often the name, one of the names of God is chanted. You know, God has a million names not a hundred, not a thousand. God has as many names as there are people to name whatever that is within them that they know is higher, is love. And so find your name. Find the name that works for you and repeat the name. And as Meister Eckhart, who was a uh, 13th century mystic in Germany and was almost hanged as a heretic, so... <laughs> I put some really high in my book because <laughs> he said things that were off the beaten path that the Catholic Church was not happy with. And he said, those who have God in mind, simply and solely God in all things, carry God with them into all their works and into all places, and God alone does all their works. They see nothing but God. They become one with God in every thought, just as no multiplicity can dissipate God, so nothing can dissipate them or make them multiple. Wow. When I am one-pointed and carrying that name, weaving that name on the loom of my mind, then that is what I carry with me everywhere. And when I work, that is what works through me. And nothing that happens out here can have the power to pull me into pieces any more than God gets pulled to pieces because of what we're doing running around out here. So I'm going to read this again, and I'm going to do what I often suggest that we do here. Take the word God out and substitute the word love. If you can't do that in any sentence, in any mantra, in any book, in any anything, if you can't take the word God out and substitute the word love and have it make perfect sense, then that's not God because God is love. I don't guarantee very many things, but I will give you a written guarantee. Bring me a piece of paper. I'll do it. God is love. So those who have love in mind, simply and solely love in all things, carry love with them into all their works and into all places. And then love alone does their works. 
They see nothing but love. They become one with love in every thought, just as no multiplicity can dissipate love. So nothing can dissipate them or make them multiple. And repetition can seem mindless, but think if you're doing a thousand mile journey, you do it one step at a time and every single step is just like the one before. But if you only do one step, you're not gonna get very far on your journey. Whereas if you step and step and step and step, you will arrive at that destination which I consider to be love. And the cool thing is, the path there is also love. Thank you. So we're just gonna take that in meditation for a moment. So just get yourself comfortable, breathe. And I'm gonna take a phrase from one of the songs we sang today. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here, not if. Love is why I'm here. Let me be an open channel. And as I repeat this phrase, take it on yourself. Love is why I'm here. Say it in your head. Love is why I'm here. Let me be open so love can flow through me. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. words leave your head and drift down into your heart so that you feel the truth of it. Love is why I'm here. If it were not for love, you would not be here. I would not be here. Love is why I'm here. And that double meaning, and also love is why I'm here. To love is why I'm here. I'm here because of love, and I'm here to love. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. And as you repeat that, love is why I'm here, you can use just that or you can use the whole phrase, let me be an open channel. Love is why I'm here, let me be an open channel. But you can just say, love is why I'm here, and visualize your heart opening so that all of the love that is can flow through you. Love is why I'm here. its work in and through and as me, as I understand that love is my only reason and my only purpose, then I become powerful in love.
I am able to bring love to bear on all situations, starting with myself. When the negative words, when old tapes from the past start playing, when the words of our parents or the religion of our childhood or our peers or our bullies in life, when those words come forth, we say, love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. I don't have to put up with anything else. Love is why I'm here. Anything that is not love is false. Love is why I'm here. And when we get practiced with that, with knowing that love is why we're here, with bringing it down into our lived being, not just up into our heads, but in our daily life, love is why I'm here. Love is only love. Then we don't, we become that love. When we become aware of it in ourselves, in our bodies, in our lives, then we begin with practice to become aware of how we bring love to bear in the world, not just in ourselves. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. In any situation, in any relationship, regardless of what the other person does, love is why I'm here. It be can become this secret knowing that we don't have to blast at other people, but to know fully for ourselves this truth, we become different in the world. We act differently in the world, and the world reacts differently to us. If love is why I'm here, then I bring love into every exchange. And love does its work wherever I go, whether I can see it immediately or not. When I bring love to bear, love does its work in and through me and as me. I become the love bearer. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. I invite you to use this throughout your day as challenging situations arise or as the thoughts in your own head arise and say that you're here for some other purpose or that something else brought you here. No, love is why I'm here. You have an instant ready answer. Love is why I'm here. Love is why I'm here. Why am I standing in line at the grocery store? Love is why I'm here. Why am I in this car in traffic? Love is why I'm here. When we know that love is why we're here, it transforms our experience. So use this tool or pick another 
and watch your experience be transformed. Love is why we're here. And we are open channels for that love to flow through us healing every fiber of our being and then to flow out into the world bringing healing everywhere we go. Love is why I'm here. And so it is. Mm -hmm.